show. I hope you all had a great week and made some new commitments to yourself because we are in the business of climbing higher in life. And I'm so excited to bring you my next guest. I have been a huge fan of Lindsay Messina since 2012. She probably doesn't even know that yet because I was following her on her fitness journey and seeing her inside my mailbox every month, being on Oxygen Magazine covers, Inside Oxygen Magazine, and many more, which she'll talk about. She is a beauty in every single way, and I'm just so thrilled to be chatting with her today and to introduce you to her. So I'm gonna tell you a little bit about Lindsay. Lindsay is a mom of two little girls, a WBFF Pro and Bikini World Champion 2012 and 2013, 20 plus worldwide magazine covers, a QVC fitness expert, fitness host, and built multiple six-figure online coaching businesses. She has coached thousands around the world based on health, fitness, business, and branding with minimal tech and all passion. She has gained 80 pounds with both her pregnancies. She is now mastering the art of balance with being a mom and a business owner. She loves pizza, the beach, and she's a personal development junkie. And an interesting fact about Lindsay, she has struggled with dyslexia her entire life. Lindsay, I am super excited to have you today. I can't wait to dive into all this, so welcome. Thank you, I'm so pumped up to be here and talk to you and have coffee talk. <laughs> talk it is. Exactly. That's what we're doing. Real talk, real women. So why don't you tell, for those that don't know you yet, tell us a little bit about your story, maybe even, you know, how you entered the whole fitness world, because was that something you thought of as a little girl or tell us how that evolved? Sure. So it's, I just kind of fell into it. I actually was a hairdresser prior to my whole fitness career and uh, I would do that. And I just fell into fitness because I gained so much weight after high school and working late nights as a cocktail waitress. And, you know, it slowly kind of starts increasing the pounds. And I said, I need to do something myself. My family struggles with obesity. Um, you know, I just didn't learn. I needed to learn about nutrition. So long story short, I kind of jumped into it, started training myself, training my family. And I just fell in love with the passion of everyone's so different. And it was an art form as far as uh, what people are struggling with, whether it was emotionally or food or nutrition or balance. And I really felt challenged in the sense of helping people. So that's how I fell into fitness. I became a floor trainer at the gym to start. I met all the clients and people and talked to them. I would clean up the weights and dust and the whole thing. And then I started training uh, senior citizens and high school girls which then multiplied into uh, 12 short months for me teaching 15 workout classes a week and having over 60 plus clients being a personal trainer. And I was 21 years old. <laughs> and yeah. I would, and That's I, and incredible. I, that is incredible. Wow. I just, yeah, I fell in love with it so much. And then I came, then I just kind of stumbled into fitness competing at 21 years old because I got into really good shape from teaching workout classes. And I started doing my research and I needed, that competitive sport because I was a track and fitness and track runner in high school. And uh, that's how I got into the whole fitness realm with uh, training and competing and all that stuff. Wow. That is incredible. So inspiring. At 21 years old, you think of, you know, girls in college and they're out 
doing everything except working out most of the time, right? That's so true. It's really not the norm for a lot of women at 21 to be so passionate about something. And I know with your background and having obesity run in your family, I'm sure that was the driving force that you didn't want to be like that the rest of your life. Mm -hmm. But take us, I want to hear a little bit about training these high school girls and the senior citizens. I mean, two opposite sides of the spectrum. Uh How, How was that? And what did you learn from both? Oh, that's a great question. So I really learned quickly that I needed to kind of dive deeper into really why are they there to just train with me. So it's like, okay, you want to train, you want to get fit. But for senior citizens, it's more of the mobility and the balance and just feeling strong overall. And honestly, a lot of it is that they wanted a friend. They wanted someone to talk to. They wanted a place to get out of their home and to get into their schedule. So I needed to learn that real quick. Um, and once I kind of figured that out, I was like, okay, well, this is really cool. I could absolutely help them with that part. But then when I got into the, uh, the I'm sorry, the, um, the high school realm, I was like, this is, this was harder. That was harder because It was really, um, you know, a lot of their parents want them to get into shape. So it's really the parents that were pushing them. And I had to really ask them, like, why are you doing this? Why do you want to be in shape? And that was harder than the senior citizens. I had to make it more of a fun activity for them, like going outside and do workouts outside and creating more of a friendship and like a partnership rather than their trainers. So that really challenged me. That's a really good question. That really challenged me on both spectrums of high school kids and senior citizens. Right. Because like you said, I'm sure some of their parents were pushing them. Maybe they were athletes. I'm assuming some of these girls from high school and their parents were pushing them into it. So for you to say you had to make things fun, you were so creative with that. I mean, did you always have a passion to work with women or was that, did that come as you started training? I think it started coming as I was training and I really felt the connection and I felt myself really being pulled towards the women, really helping women that, you know, post-pregnancy because I really felt um, the passion because they were so committed. They were so determined. They really wanted to see what they could really create um, post-baby, you know, and it was emotional time. Not that I had kids at that time. I was 21, 22 years old, but I really felt connected to them because um, they were committed. And I, I love that for the high school kids, it was, yeah, definitely athletes, but then a lot of kids that struggle with obesity. So it was more of the emotional eating, the pressure of high school, the pressure of the social circles. And I'm getting goosebumps because that is something that we are still struggling with today. Um, and then people go either on one of two spectrums, emotional eating or not eating at all. Right. So it's really trying to, it was more of um coaching and empowering them in that realm as far as like trying to get over that hump and saying, Hey, I was once there too. And this is how I kind of push through it. Hey, my, my family struggles with obesity too. This is how we push through it. So trying to find a common ground with each pocket of people was really important. Wow. And I'm sure, you know, you were such a role model for them because you had that background. So, you know, it's just so inspiring for girls to look at somebody like you and you in the best shape of your life, because this is when you started competing at mm-hmm. 21, you said, right? Yep. So they, you know, looking at you and you saying, well, I was you at one point mm-hmm. that must've taken them, you know, built the trust that if I can do it, 
you know, they can do it, right? Absolutely, absolutely. So when you did, what drew you into actually competing? Was it just, you know, you wanted a new goal or take the next step, up level? What were you thinking? Yeah, just a new goal. I was just getting into shape and I missed the team aspect. I missed um, setting a goal for something and just achieving it. I ran track all through high school, middle school. So I was looking for something in the fitness realm. And at first I was like, I don't want to do bodybuilding, you know, and I was researching. I'm like, oh, this is really great. You know, I started with Fitness America. I love the whole federation. I didn't have a coach. I didn't have anything. I just kind of went into it by this research. I made my own theme wear. I did my own diet, my own hair and makeup, everything. And yeah, I remember. Wow. Yeah. I have to say that being a fitness competitor myself back in the day, um, that what Lindsay's talking about is no joke. I mean, it's stressful. I mean, to train yourself, especially, and to get on stage with these other women that, you know, have coaches and you just went in, you just did it. I went in blindsided. I had no idea what I was doing. <laughs> wow. It's so impressive. Yeah. That is unbelievable. That's really interesting to hear. You know, I mean, there's so much work you have to put into competing and many people don't realize that they say, Oh, you're getting on stage in a bikini. Well, it's not just getting on stage in a bikini. <laughs> it's a lot of dedication, commitment. I mean, you need discipline. So in, Doing that all yourself, wow, I applaud you for that. Did you end up getting a coach after? Yeah, so I ended, after I ended up, show? exactly, I did because I realized, I'm like, wow, this goes a lot more into it than I expected. And of course I did really well my first show. I placed first in bikini, my first show. I was like, what in the world? And of course, you know, you get, a, you get an, an adrenaline from it and you're like, well, let's keep on doing this. But there was so much detail that goes into it. But what I've learned is, once I started, once I started coaching girls in the whole fitness realm, I loved coaching beginners because that's when I had the most fun. You don't know what to expect. You're so excited. You're going in there with no expectation whatsoever, no pressure. And it's an experience. You soak it up like a sponge. So I did hire a coach eventually. And I kind of, as you grow, you know, you hire different coaches for different things and that's how you kind of evolve. But, um, I did, and that's where it kind of catapulted me into, you know, the success that I did have with competing. So being in all these magazines that you were in, which we listed, I mean, numerous covers. I mean, I have some still, <laughs> I used to keep all my oxygen magazines for references, you know, because I was a fitness coach for so many years and you have been on the cover of many of those, but was that part of your vision back when you started competing or did that happen as well as you evolved? Tell us about that. That's yeah. So I, then once I got, once I had the competition bug, I was like, you know, I want to get into fitness modeling and see how that takes me. And I would talk to a couple of people at my gym or I talked to some of my clients and I would tell them about it just to kind of talk. And all of them said, well, oh, that's one in a million shot. Oh, you can't do that. Oh, you can't do that. And of course, if any goal that we have and we hear that it's kind of like heart wrenching, right? Like, Oh, like this is my dream. So we could do one of two things. We could either really get that, you know, we could really take that personal and just stop, right? Or you could use that as fuel and say, you know what, I'm going to do whatever I can to try to pursue this. And if it doesn't work, I learn things across the way. But if it does work, then I prove to myself I can do it. So um, long story short, I... Uh, I jumped in and I wanted a fitness model. I sent out so much information to all top agencies in New York. I sent out cover letters and pictures and didn't get anything back, nothing. 
I went to every single fitness conference and I would go up to people, introduce myself. Oh, you're too young. Oh, you're not lean enough. Oh, your shoulder caps aren't good enough. Oh, your glutes aren't big enough. And I did that for two years straight. And then one time, that one time I went up to Oxygen Magazine and I reintroduced myself and she's like, you know what? Keep in contact with me through email. I was like, okay, great. I would just build that relationship for a year straight after that. And then one day she emailed me and said, you know what? We're going to test shoot you. So fly yourself up to Toronto. We're going to shoot you with Paul Busetta and um, we're going to test shoot you. So after that shoot, she came up with me with a questionnaire. She goes, we know we're going to use multiple of these pictures for the next cover. So fill out your questionnaire and we're so happy that you made the trip up here. So I was 23 and I landed my first cover and then it just kind of went from there. Wow. So that's all unbelievable. <laughs> but I want to go back because there was two years where you were getting no, no, no. Oh, yeah. Like you said, that's heart-wrenching. Oh, yeah. So tell us a little bit about the challenges you faced. How did you overcome them to keep going? I mean, that's most people, after you send 50 emails out, no, you're not this, you're not that. I mean, most people stop. They do. How do you, what advice do you give people? What made you keep going? I mean, how do you push past those challenges? Uh, two things. Um, belief in yourself. That's number one. You have to believe that this is possible for you and you have to really envision it and envision it to the point of becoming obsessed with it. Like, so with all of my successes and all of my accomplishments, it didn't happen overnight, but what I would do, I became obsessed with the outcome. So I would think about it and envision it and think about it over. How would it feel for me to be on the cover? How would it feel to have this conversation? How would it feel to do this photo shoot? What would it feel like when I got the, the email saying, congratulations, you got the photo shoot, all of those feelings and that energy I would put inside me daily. And when people said, no, I'm like, it's okay. It's going to happen. I'll just, the no for me is just, they, they say no is not right now. Right. And that's the truth of it. Cause it's about timing and it's about you staying consistent and it's about you truly believing in yourself and creating a space or creating, creating an atmosphere where people say, you know what, Kelly, I really like her. You know, she might not be the perfect fit, but she's consistent. I really like her. She's easy to work with. Let's give her a shot. And that just comes with time and building those relationships. So I would say belief, become obsessed with the outcome and don't think of it just being, okay, this is just one success. Think about you building the relationship on whatever you decide to do because relationships, so it takes you to the success point. So those are the three elements I would suggest. I love that. I love how you speak about vision and you speak about that all the time. Your mm -hmm. stories, you talk about vision. So you've always had a vision for your life. It seems mm -hmm. you really have. And I think it's so important because I tell my clients the same thing. If you can, you know, when I was in fitness, teaching my fitness clients, you have to see yourself at the weight you want to be. You have to have that vision. It, it really pushes you forward every day, gets you excited, gets you out of bed to go get that workout in because you're visualizing yourself looking the way you want to look. You know, I mean, I think that's the only way it can go. You have to have a vision or else people perish. That's what happens. It's it, so true. Right? And so... You have been part of a few network marketing companies. Is that correct? Okay. Right. So tell us about that. You know, when did that start for you? When you were coaching all these women and people in the fitness and then you were competing, were you also doing network marketing back then or did that come after? 
No, that happened at the same time. So I would say network marketing. I was probably seven years into my, um, my whole career in my business. And I was probably at the height of my business with fitness modeling, a very successful business. Um, everything on the outside looked perfect, but the, on the inside I was crumbling to the point where I felt backed up in the corner with my, my personal, um, environment. Um, I felt trapped. I felt, um, I needed a way out in the sense of I needed something of my own to the point where it could carry for, carry me to make a decision to get out of the environment that I was in. So for me, I saw network marketing being a humongous outlet for a couple of things. One, it's my own thing. I can work as much as I want. I cannot work as much. I create my own income stream depending on how much I want to work. And at that point, I was being introduced to people and people pitching me saying, Hey, sign up with my, uh, my supplement company, become an ambassador. And I turned people down. I turned down a six figure contract just because I, one, I didn't love all the products. And two, I just knew in a year or two, they're going to find someone else. And it's like, well, what am I going to do then? You know, I'd rather build something of my own where I have control over it. And I truly believe in the product. So long story short, I saw this being a great avenue for me to work with more people outside of the realm that I was doing and meet more people across the world. Two, build a residual income. And three, it gave me the opportunity to travel, to meet people across the world. And it literally changed my life to uh, make a shift out of the, you know, the environment, like I said to before. And, you know, now I have this beautiful life with my husband and everything else. So um, I would say it definitely happened at the same time. And I fell into it again. I didn't really know what network marketing was until I started seeing all the success. So, and to this day, I just, yeah, I love it. And it's, it will always be a part of my life. Well, I love that you say, I read somewhere, maybe one of your posts, you know, the biggest risk can be your greatest reward. Oh yeah. And it's so true. And I'm hearing it, you know, you're a risk taker, <laughs> right? Do you consider yourself a little bit, you know, in the way that you jump into business, you, you know, you just go all in mm -hmm. and you have that vision and you're not looking back. You're going to keep on because it's what Lindsay wants and whatever you set your mind to, it seems that you don't stop. Yeah, no, I don't. <laughs> I don't, I don't stop. You know, the thing is my husband, he's a very, like he needs, he's very analytical. He needs to know all the details. And I'm like, no, I don't operate like that. If it feels good to me, I just go and I'll figure it out as I, as I roll with it. And I've always been like that. And it's, it's kind of, it's always served me really well. Um, it's lessons that you learn. Like you said, you know, everyone has fear of failure, but you either, you know, you have to think of it as, well, I'm going to go for it. Like you mm -hmm. said before, and if it doesn't work out, I learned a lesson, move on. That's it. So for all the network marketing people that might be tuning in right now, what advice can you give them when they're getting no, no, I don't want any, no, I don't want a product. I mean, you know, working with these people, it's a constant, you have to constantly be asking people, share your product. Um, tell us about that a little bit. How do you increase your team? How do you increase your customer base? Mm -hmm. So uh, to answer, so about the no part, I would say don't get hung up on the, the outcome of the conversation. So a lot of people either get hung up on, I need to make this sale or get hung up on, I need to sign this person up or gosh, I don't want to hear no again. If we just talk to people like people and humans, and if we really truly believe in the product that we're aligned ourselves with, 
you really don't care if they say no or not. Like you truly don't. Like I've been with a company that I love the product and I don't care if they say no. And I've been with a company where I've kind of danced around it and it felt uncomfortable when they did say no. It was like, ugh. And I feel I've went through that experience is because I really didn't have the belief and the passion behind the products or the business for me not to really care about the outcomes. So I would say for you, if you are a network marketer or listening to this, is maybe check in with yourself and say, how passionate am I about these products? How passionate am I about this company and the system and the vision? And you have to be a 10 out of 10, out of 10 with it all. Um, so I would say that would be really crucial, especially not having um, you know, a, a, an emotional attachment with the outcome. And just following up with people and say, hey, I know this is not the right time with you. You just said no to me. Is it, would it be cool if I circle back around with you in a couple of weeks or a month? Would it be cool with you if I you know, circle back around with you if we had specials or anything like that? Or if I could share with you any celebrations or victories in our team? I'm just super passionate about this and I'm just looking to change some lives. Either they're going to say yes or they're going to say no, right? right. So um, with growing a customer base and growing a business, Again, it brings me back to not dancing around it. People want to join people who are very secure and very confident in the direction that we're going. So network marketing, I think people kind of get a stigma of it because of what it once was. It's the modern day of shopping these days. Like everyone's doing it of some sort, whether it's affiliate marketing or network marketing. Now, if you feel confident in your stance, people, whether they, people are going to say, you know what? Kelly's really into this or Lindsay's really into this. I'm just going to keep on following and watching. So if you're confident and you're consistent, people will eventually say, build curiosity and want to ask you the question. So I teach my people, we're, we're not here. We're not sharks, right? We don't go out and just try to get everybody. What your role is, is to teach and educate and build attraction to you. And people are going to join you through what you stand for. So it's, you're not about the business. You're not all about your network marketing company. Brand yourself as a human and share people what you, what you love, what you're attracted to, but then also celebrate your people and then share, share, um, showcase the product. So this way people, you know, join you versus the company. So that's what I try to teach my people along the way. I love that you said brand yourself as a human, because sometimes people do, they forget that they're a mom too. They're not just selling these products and pushing, pushing, pushing products. I mean, I love, this takes me right into, you are a mom of your two beautiful mm -hmm. children and you, I see the joy you have with these kids, but I want to talk about your pregnancy and the weight that you gained because you know, a lot of moms listening right now also that you know, they're stuck. They had, they gained 50 pounds and here you were a fitness model. Mm -hmm. You went from this body to gaining weight, posting your post baby pictures on Instagram, which is mm -hmm. unbelievable. That's how real this girl is. You guys, I mean, <laughs> Lindsay, that must've been hard to do. I mean, you know, we all know we're all moms and that post baby body sometimes doesn't put a smile on our face in the morning, mm -hmm. but give advice to the moms out there taking that first step in looking at, you know, there's a big mountain in front of them and they're like, Oh, where do I start? How do I even go about this? I mean, what are your steps for that? So since I did it twice, um, an out-of-body experience, mm -hmm. one, I, 
as we all know as moms, right? It's overwhelming as it is, right? And then we put pressure on ourselves and we look at our body and it's like, this is not our body, right? This is like, I don't know whose this is. And I would say for me, it was more mental, right? So you're going through all of this emotional change, your hormones and balancing act and all that stuff. I would work out just to feel good with my endorphins. I would not care about the outcome again. I would not focus on, oh, I need to get my nutrition back. I need to get on this kind of prep. I uh, promised myself that I wouldn't get on a real serious regimen until six months postpartum. Uh, it gave me it gave me that time to feel balanced and get my body back in check. And um, you know, I feel I feel for me it's just more of the mental the mental space and just working out. And as you start working out, you're just gonna start feeling stronger. Your mobile mobility. Um, your body's going to start feeling more conditioned, which then in exchange, you're going to want to clean up your diet a little bit more. So I think, and then joining like a social group, joining someone for a support system. So this way, if you're having a bad day, you're like, Hey mom, I'm having a bad day. And I did this. So I didn't have to tell my husband when he came home from a long day at work, like, Oh, this day, da, 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 and wear it on him. I would tell my girlfriend or my sisters who just had kids. And I'm like, I need to, I need to just vent real quick. And that was just helpful for supportive for my headspace also. So I think for those who are just starting out is just start a little bit each day. I remember doing 15 minutes a day and that's all I can do. And I had to be okay to 30 minutes up to an hour. Uh, little victories are huge. Non-scale wins are huge. Huge. I agree. I couldn't agree more. I mean, I remember after my second child, you know, it is, it, you have to just start. I think just mm -hmm. taking that first step and just doing, like you said, 20 minutes. Don't think about, oh, I got to take all the potato chips out of the house and I'm not going to eat ice cream anymore. No. If you're happy getting a 20 minute sweat in, and you have a little ice cream at night because it's making you happy, then you have to do that. Because mm -hmm. I think deprivation leads to all things bad. <laughs> I agree. Right? I agree. I know all about deprivation and it doesn't work. So little baby steps and you're back on the track and you're on your way going up, right? Uh, absolutely. Yes. I, I think I think that is that's key. And then just keeping a journal because and taking pictures and measurements as much as it's so hard in the beginning, that scale for me, it did not move for months, but my body composition was changing. So that motivated me. Again, non-scale wins are just so huge. Um, so just document your progress too. Yes. Great advice. Great advice. So you also speak a lot about alignment. Mm -hmm. So can you explain to us what that means to you being in alignment with yourself or your business, your life? Yes. There's so many times in my life that I was so out of alignment and things were just not clicking for me. <laughs> Do you know, I don't know whether you're a business or family or life and you're just like, why is this so hard right now? Why is this just, I feel like I'm running up an uphill battle and there's like weights on my shoulder. And I had, there's so many times I had to check in with myself. It's like as much as maybe I once wanted this life or I once wanted this kind of business model, I don't feel like it fits in my, my, my lifestyle right now. I don't feel like it fits into my schedule right now. And I had to reevaluate things and get realigned with life. Um, and sometimes it's just a hard conversation you need to have with yourself and let things go, whether it's friendships, relationships that are toxic, um, businesses that aren't really working for you, um, coaches that aren't serving you, um, 
you know, any, anything in between. So I think for me is just when I feel like it is too hard to the point where I'm putting all of my efforts and putting all of my focus into it. And it's like, for instance, like a relationship, if you feel like you are making all the effort, you're putting all the time into making the calls, the text messages, doing lunches, and it's not a give take relationship. And it's just bringing so much energy out of you. You have to kind of say, okay, is this really something that I want to move forward with? Right. And sometimes those are hard conversations and I'm bringing that up because that's one of the most recent ones for me. Um, so I feel once you then release that stuff that aren't serving you, or if you feel like it's taking too much energy out of you, it opens up more doors that will just push you to the next level or just raise your vibration being around other like-minded people or business ventures or other social groups. I agree. And I also think you put a lot, you call yourself a personal development junkie. <laughs> so being in alignment and being conscious, you know, of yourself. And like you said, you know, do I have to get out of this relationship? Is it not serving me anymore? Um, I think putting a lot of, you know, into putting a lot of work into yourself is the only way you're going to know the answers mm -hmm. of those hard questions, you know, sitting quietly with yourself, like, just like what you said. Mm -hmm. So being a personal development junkie, mm -hmm. what is that like in your world? Mm -hmm. So I would say I really started getting into the personal development with myself, probably after I had Avery, which is my firstborn. And I think a lot of that was stemming from things that were coming up for me. And as you start getting older, right, I feel like it starts in your thirties and go, I, it gets stronger, but you start really noticing things about yourself and triggers that used to happen like back in your childhood, right? So things started coming up for me and I'm like, oh, this is a trigger. Why am I getting so defensive? Why am I putting a wall up for something like this? So I had to dig deep with myself and start reading more books, learning about myself, figuring out why this is happening and what are the patterns of this? Um, and, and, and checking myself to the point where, okay, I need to figure this out because I need to break through this and I need to become stronger around this realm. And uh, that's when, for me, personal development and giving back to myself is so important because it makes me a better coach, a mom, a wife, um, and it's really great and empowering to know why things are happening internally. I, I, I'm so on this page. I mean, you're like my sister. <laughs> I'm saying so, out more. <laughs> I mean, honestly, it's just, you know, for me, I lost my mom a couple of years ago and I just mm. completely lost myself. I mean, I've been through, you know, I was a breast cancer survivor, so I know the ups and downs of life. And mm -hmm. I never really was into personal development in this, the way that I am now. You said, as you get older, you realize things about yourself or things that happened in the past. And I just think for people out there and they're stuck, they need to put some work in, maybe listen to a podcast, maybe listen to something empowering, go to a woman's event if you're a woman, <laughs> go to something that's going to challenge you in your own life. You know, see, I think personal development is so important. I mean, you can turn on a YouTube video right now and just get some inspiration so you can not feel stuck, right? Mm -hmm. Is that what you do? What are some of the things that you do to feel empowered? I journal. You journal? Yeah, I do. I journal and I just... For me, it's a pattern thing. And, and it's the thing that I don't know if it's like this for you, Kelly, but when I find myself going so hard at something and I just, I stop like dead stop and I just shut off and I'm like, why am I doing this? And 
it, it's, it's just a reflection. You know, for me, it's struggle with money. It's a money struggle for me. It's, it's just this thing that I get this block. Um, and it's also a thing with me with, um, you know, making, having other people take care of my kids. It's a hard thing for me. And it, that those things come up and I need to let those things go and understand why I'm doing that in order for me to have free time with my husband, in order for me to be able to excel in me personally and also with my business because other people need to take, help me take care of my kids, you know, and it just, for me, that's a hard thing. And then money-wise, it's a trigger for me because it was so, it was so sparse when I was growing up and it was something that just wasn't relative in, in my, my childhood. So when I start making money or becoming successful, I feel like this shouldn't, this is not the way. And I just stop. And anyways, I had to break through that. So for me, it's journaling and, and seeing a pattern and checking myself. And of course, any podcast these days are just so incredible. Anyone that you instantly have a connection with through business or social, get on their podcast because this is what I do know. People, it, it's not different stuff that people say, but when you feel a connection with someone, you digest the information differently versus somebody that you don't have a connection with. It goes in one ear and comes out the other and they could be saying the same exact thing. Exactly. So just, mm-hmm. right. Just find someone that you have a connection with and listen to their podcast. Oh, I love that. I do because, oh, just like what you said, everybody has a story. We're saying the same things, but the connection is the key. Mm-hmm. That is the key. Yeah. I love that so much. Oh, Lindsay, you are such a beautiful person. I'm so, so proud of everything that you've accomplished. I mean, what is next for you? What are you reaching towards now? Oh, just right now, I'm just reaching for the family balanced life, honestly, and doing that and, and really mastering this mom role. I don't even know if we can master it, but in my, in my space, trying to figure out how I could have being 100% present with my family and my kids, being a really great wife now that the dust is settled and my little one's not a, a baby baby anymore. And of course, growing, growing my business um, and being okay with growing you know, the business that I'm in right now, because that's all the time that's available to me right now. So really focusing on that um, and really you know, focusing on those few things. Kelly, the thing for me is I was so used to the person focusing on 10 things at once and there are things that are focused 10 things at once. None of them really get perfected. So I want to perfect these two things that I'm really focused on for the next 12 months. Yes. And I always tell my clients, there's a book that I absolutely love. I don't know if you've read What's it. That? Of the one thing. Oh, it's just what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. I had to learn myself I was doing a million things at the same time, creating a program here and a fitness program. And then I was, whoa, you cannot do all things well. You can do one thing well when you focus on it. And that, 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 yes. So for those listening that are super busy, it's good to be busy, but focus on the one thing that you're passionate about Mm -hmm. and just try to do that thing really well before you move on to the next. So you being a mom, you know, the, like you said, the balancing is super hard. I mean, I don't know if you ever get, like you said, balancing kids. And, you know, we, we go through a lot as moms, I think, with a lot of mom guilt. Mm-hmm. Do you find that yourself? Oh, every day. You know, you have it because we're entrepreneurs. So we have our businesses. If we're putting too much time in those businesses, oh, well, I didn't put time into my children. But like you said, be present. I think that's the most important thing we can do when the kids, you know, set up maybe a time every day or twice a week, whatever works for you to be with those kids. And then when you're working on your business, 
you work on your business, but you can feel proud that at least you spent the time, did the thing with the children. I think we put so much you know, pressure on ourselves about that, but I don't think it has to be that way. Do you agree? Yeah, I agree. It doesn't. And you know what I've learned? I could work 15 hours a day. It's just easy. You know, when you're an entrepreneur, you just love what you do. But what I've learned is um, I can't be face in my phone all day long, right? So I uh, put my phone on airplane mode. My, my team, my people, they know they cannot reach me from 4 p.m. until 7.30 p.m. I do not touch my phone. I don't go on it. And then once um, my kiddos go down, I'm on my phone and I'm doing my thing or whatever it may be. And this way they have full connection. But what I also realized for myself, Kelly, I think as us entrepreneurs, we need to like sit back at night. I don't know. Where do you, where are you most creative? I was creative when I'm in the shower. That seems like really weird, but. Yes. <laughs> so many good thoughts come in. Washing your hair, your eyes are closed. No My one's th- bothering you. Yes, the next big idea enters. <laughs> the shower, okay? White, we need to put our whiteboards in the shower. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. And that's that's when um I think to myself, like, gosh, was like I too was I too hard on my oldest? Did I not give this one too much love? Gosh, I didn't do the laundry today. But then I'm realizing and saying to myself, I also need time for my business because once I feel accomplished and I'm moving the needle forward and I'm making progress, I'm so much better as a mom and a wife. I feel like my identity, I feel stronger and prouder. So I need to understand that's the best thing for my family too. And it's not selfish. So I had to move from being selfish to actually serving my family a lot more than it is hurting them. Mm -hmm. Yes. I love that. I mean, family has to come first anyways. Totally. We're in this family. We only have one family. <laughs> we have to put the work in. I agree. My family is everything to me. But I mean, Lindsay, where? So I can't thank you enough, first of all, sharing everything you shared today. And where can people find you? Yeah. So they could just go to my Instagram handle. It's uh, Lindsay Messina. Or you could go on my website, lindsaymessina.com. That's an easy way to contact me as well. Oh, thank you again. Well, I, I'm so thankful for Lindsay and all the advice she gave us today. To, so I hope you guys all go out and challenge yourself to climb higher. If you have any questions, you want to DM us about anything we talked about today, please do that. Because I know if you're a mom or a network marketer and you're stuck, reach out. I think reaching out, don't be afraid to reach out to people. That's a key, right? Right, Lindsay? And mm-hmm. um, So I hope you guys just have a fabulous and blessed week and stay tuned for the next show. See you guys. If you love this episode, make sure you guys tag me. And because I appreciate you all so much, I am offering you 10% off my course, Addicted to the Climb. You can find that on my website, kellytyan.com. Make sure to spell it K-E-L-L-E-Y-T-Y-A-N. Until the next time, keep on climbing.